Mary. Hey, Colin. I see what you did there with the picture that no one else can see. You just now noticed? Yeah, that's very clever. Like three weeks. That's clever. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was like the second time you came into my oh. house after we decorated for Christmas. Right. And you were like, wow, it looks really nice in here. Yeah. <laughs> Just zero situation. Nope. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway, I'm really I was surprised you haven't gotten kidnapped as an adult <laughs> or juvenile. Uh, I was kidnapped technically. So, oh, I remember that now. Yeah. Okay. So, well, now someone's got egg on his yes, face. Yes, he does. Oh boy. Uh, it's funny because it's probably traumatic. I mean, I was so young; it's just deep seated sure. in my brain. I don't feel sure. it. That sure. I know of. Just hate pickup trucks now and you I, don't know. <laughs> not a huge fan of pickup trucks or waiting in cars or, you know, men. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know. Some of that would have come about eventually anyways, though. Right. Yeah. 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 So this is nice. We got the whole, uh, all the families are together. Yeah. Yeah. Got a... Well, just the two families that we know of. I have another one in Cleveland. I know, that's why not, I was trying to... they're not invited yeah, to yeah. these kinds of functions. Right, right. Yeah, they're at Cleveland. Maybe. Yeah. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. They're, well, they're a little more, they're a little less formal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they just like yeah, to chill. Yeah. They hang out in toilets. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Because Cleveland is a trash town. And I do not apologize for that uh, line of thought. No one would disagree with you. Okay, yeah. good. If I ever run for president, which I won't, right. because the internet exists and mm-hmm. I was on it. Yeah. I would run uh, on a very clear anti-Cleveland platform. That's my feeling. You still do that. Yeah. With the internet. Well, yeah, no, but I mean I wouldn't run for president because people would learn stuff about me. It's not going to matter. Colin, nothing matters. I really hope not. You're a white man. Done. You're done. That's all the Yeah, but I'd I'd probably run as a Democrat, so. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. That's true. Nothing matters. That's true. We live in just the worst time. I took um, my daughter really quick to uh, what I thought was going to be a basketball game. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my students, a lot of my advisees are basketball players. Sure. They're on the girls' basketball team. Okay. And they were playing at Shorewood. So I was like, oh, I'll just pop over before Paul gets home, you Perfect. know, and I'll say, because yeah. they're the JV team. So I was just like, they started at five. And right. I was so like, none of yeah, this matters. None of this matters. Yeah. So I go in and, like, they got the time wrong and start till 530. So I ended up watching, like... 10 to 15 minutes of a JV or freshman boys basketball practice, which was awful. Ugh. But they were, like, sitting and waiting, and so I talked to them. I bet you looked like a real creep for a minute, though. I had the baby, which was better. That is true. A baby yeah. gets you in and out of most mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she was very, very into basketball. Like, oh, I bet. It like, was like a the, big bright orange. The whistles, all the bright lights. All the and it motion, was, yeah, all the she was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just no, not a peep from her. She was just like, kept looking up and like, oh my god, this is amazing. Oh, what you should do is put her in the car seat and then just put her as close to the television as possible during like sporting events. Yeah, I mean. She will go bananas. Yeah. Uh, And she will get epilepsy, but. That's fine. They have drugs. Yeah, but she'll be quiet for like 20 minutes. That's all I need. I'm looking out for right now, Mary. (laughs) Exactly. As usual. That is a tomorrow Mary problem. exactly. Yeah. Well, we gotta. I kind of want to eat those tacos soon, so yeah, we should start the let's show. Go. Ladies, rise up! This story hasn't been really weird yet. It's a little weird. As is customary in my Wisconsin history stories, a cannon comes into play. Of course it does! Yeah. 
fuck off. Yeah. Why would I think that? I would not think yeah. that things were better anywhere around this shithole. Hell on earth. I'm perfect just the way I am. Aww. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah. Swatch them buckles, girl. Hey yo. Yeah. Like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely don't do it. But just know that Full Mary is giving yeah. you a, a roadmap to a very dark place. All right. Welcome into Muskrat House, ladies and gentlemen. The only internet podcast based on Wisconsin history that also features a very faint sound of the Daniel Tiger Neighborhood's theme song in the background. My name is Colin. My friend's name is Mary. Uh, each week we try to find the most batshit story in the history of the Badger State. And it is Mary's turn. I'm not going to lie to you. I think I win this week. Okay. Let's yeah. see if you win. And I'm just grateful that it is your turn because I didn't write anything. Mm, I did. Okay. Cool. All right. What do you got? So, Colin. Yes. Colin Bambi. You okay. don't know that reference, but I, you will. I don't get it right yeah. now. Yeah. So, how are you? Uh, You know, living the dream. Have you, say, escaped from any prisons lately? Not lately, and not in this jurisdiction, so How'd you I do think it? we're fine. How'd you do it? I had a very complicated tattoo okay. put on my body. All right. Um, and I actually went in to help my brother escape. They made a show about it. You might have seen it. No. You never... You Have you not even heard of Prison Break? No. Oh my god, it was like peak TV in 2007. Well, anyway, we're getting off task. <laughs> You asked. I did. And I had a great uh, you... Yeah, I did. And then I shut it right down. You did. So, anyway, Seabag, today we're talking about <laughs> Milwaukee's own Lorencia Bambenic. Okay. A.K.A. Bambi. Oh, now I get the reference. A.K.A. Run, Babby, Run. Okay. And then finally, lastly known as Lori. That's a whole different... Yeah. Okay. So there's a big shout out to Dave Tianen, who is a close family friend, who wrote oh. the front page Sentinel story uh, to Lorencia Bambenix from grade school to his cell, from which almost all this information comes from, unless I say it comes from Wikipedia, and then it comes from Wikipedia. Oh, okay. So That's how sources work. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, born on August 15th, 1958 in good old Bayview. Heyo! Lorencia was the youngest of three girls born to Joseph and Virginia Bambenic. Okay. Joseph had a short stint with the Milwaukee Police Department before becoming a carpenter. Oh. Left the police department because of alleged corruption in MPD. Pay attention because... Okay, I just want to stop you right there because that's not something that the Milwaukee Police Department is known for. Right, and this comes up uh, later, so... Wait, there was more than one Kate? Okay, you, I'm sorry. You just, you just hold You're on. heading somewhere, yeah. and I'm just along for the ride. So the family was obviously Polish... Because they lived on the south side. Well, yeah. That's where all the Polish people go when Poland gets full. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it gets full really quickly. It does. They went to church regularly and lived your very typical south side Milwaukee Polish cop life. Sure. <coughs> so, so they probably owned a Trans Am. They probably no doubt, had mustaches. No doubt. Duh. I bet there was so much product in their hair. And I bet they only shopped in places that were on the first floor of a duplex. That's all the only places that you can shop. Yes. So, yeah. okay. While in high school, 
Oh, and I bet they had pastries a lot, which are just jelly donuts, and everyone's got to stop making a thing about them. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, for sure, 100%. <laughs> uh, so while in high school, she seemed to be a typical kid who coincidentally was in driver's ed with my own Uncle Bob. Oh, uh, hi, Uncle Bob. Hello. He doesn't listen. Okay. Um, quote, <laughs> Ellen Heltner taught Ben Benick for the three years she played flute in the school band. No. I had a lot of kids, Hepner said. There were good ones and bad ones. She was one of the good ones. A very fine student and a fine musician. She played very fine flute. Uh, she was fourth or fifth chair, and there was a very competitive you're group. Not, you're not good at it fourth or fifth chair. It was very difficult chair. to get that far. It's not. Because she's how old in this? High school. Fuck at a, you. At a public, high, there's public one high good school. public high school flute player. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Yeah, I know. Everyone else is just marginally okay. Another quote. Uh, former Bayview guidance counselor, Judy Kazaj, Polish, I Jesus don't know. Jesus Christ. Was struck by two qualities a lot of people know about Ben Bedek, Her intelligence and her aloofness. That's a great combo. Whenever I did speak to her, she seemed very prim and proper with every hair in place. She said, there is no emotion at all. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> I thought maybe this is a front. With her, I didn't see any need to open up. It didn't seem like she wanted to. This is like a guidance counselor who was like, I didn't, she didn't want to. I, uh, I didn't try. So what she's saying is, I do not have a, <coughs> I do not have a passion for helping shape the dreams of children. Absolutely not. Okay. One of Ben Benick's girlfriends from Bayview said, in junior high school, she was quiet and shy. In high school, she started looking better and got noticed more. But she was very wary of plastic people. So this, this like Mean Girls? <laughs> yep. She's, Quote, in this scenario, she's Lindsay Lohan. Yes. Okay. Quote, one of her homecoming dates described her as big time aloof. <laughs> but in the right frame of mind, she was very nice. You can, can you be both of those? Anyway. Emotionally distant, yep. but a real nice person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Colin, she was always a go-getter. When she set her sights on something, she went for it. Quote, if she wanted something, she would act on it, recalls one girlfriend. She had a little more guts than some of us. Oh. Which is kind of cool. Okay. Nice. So she's a, she's a go-getter. Yes. During her senior year of high school, she modeled for a Schlitz calendar. Whoa. She was a Schlitz girl? Yes, oh. and she got herself a boyfriend, you know, from Florida. Oh. Or at least they met in Florida while on spring break. Woo! Okay, so this isn't an actual, like, she goes to another school situation. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a real life. Yeah, real life boyfriend. This is like a Greece situation Yes, now. exactly. Okay. His name was Dan, and Tell he was more. described as... Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> he was described as such. Quote, he was a fox. Very attractive. Whoa. A hunk. Which, saying the word hunk makes me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so that Florida man seemed to give her... that's something that exclusively old white Polish I women know. say. So that Florida man seemed to give her a boost in confidence, and while they didn't stay together, she seemed to have blossomed. Okay. After high school, she went to Stratton College. You know, in a strip mall. Oh, gosh. Okay. Is she learning to be a typist? And graduated in a year. Can you imagine? I can't imagine anyone that doesn't graduate Stratton College in a year. With a degree in fashion merchandising. She She went to school to be a manager at Dillard's, is what happened. Just wait. 
she worked at Mayfair Mall. Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah. At the Limited, <gasps> which I legit did not know existed before I started shopping for work outfits eight years ago. Really? For real. I'm sure you've been to the Limited, too, when you I were a child. I, of course, went to the yeah. Limited, too. I thought it was only the Limited, the- too. <laughs> Why would they put the two on? I don't know. <laughs> uh... So, like limited to children, yeah, and they just didn't yeah, have the space exactly. for the sign. Yeah, okay. I thought it was like gotcha. a weird thing that adults did for kids. <laughs> okay, that's fair. All right, so then she worked at Southridge, where oh. she... Right? Yep, no, I get it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then she worked at Southridge when she dressed up mannequins. Oh, there's with her that degree. degree. Yeah. Oh, God, I love when people get into their field, you know? Yep. There, she made friends and started going out to clubs dancing you know dancing her and her group of friends <laughs> i'm familiar yes yeah, her and her group of friends called themselves the five leos that oh fuck you quote just to just to explain it really quick quote members of the group were born under the sign of leo oh that's i thought their names were all leonardo a friend that ben can Benic- i just i'm gonna stop you right here i have a vague idea of where the story is going yeah but just based on high school her I hope all the bad things in life happen to her and no one else but her. That's where I'm at right now. I might change your mind. Okay. <laughs> all right. A friend that Bimbetic had from the track team in high school appreciated her sense of humor. Quote, she recalled that Bimbetic once made plans to meet her at a Southside bar. She sat at the bar for about a half hour when it dawned on her that she was in a bar that was frequented by lesbians. <gasps> lesbians, Colin. Sexuality is funny, isn't the scandal. it? scandal. I know. Yeah. Another friend... Tell one of your funny lesbian stories. <laughs> Another friend remembered that she kept a pet squirrel, was interested in drawing and horses, and was down to clown in a disco. Though she did like to have fun, men seemed to intimidate her, according to some friends at least. Well, she, she did go to a lesbian yeah. bar once. She was very good looking, and men being men, a.k.a. the worst... Uh, would hit on her constantly. Other friends say she used it to her advantage. She would have them buy her drinks all night, and then she'd sneak out of the bar without so much as a goodbye, which... That's the way to live. Yeah, which fuck yes. You do not owe someone anything ever. No. So, anyway. Around this time, she found a job as a waitress at Wisconsin's Playboy Club in Lake Geneva. hey Now, she was only there for, like, three weeks. Sure. But, of course, this was incessantly talked about in the media later on. And so much so that still to this day, she is referred to as a Playboy bunny, as if she had like been a centerfold right. model. Which even then, who cares? Yeah. But. <coughs> it is just, but it's a way overblown part of the story. Right. And it's crazy. It's just, Mary, here's the thing you got to understand about the news. <laughs> um, Which maybe you're not familiar I with. I might not be. Okay. Go ahead. But. And just, mm-hmm. it's important as a man that I explain this. I'm, yeah. I'm here. Uh, what women wear at any point in their life that gets into their into the smart parts of their mm-hmm. brain, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it affects how they have babies, mm. and how they have babies is the only way that they can be people. Mm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. the clothes are too sexual, mm. then they could die. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got That's it. Got it. Got it. Just a male perspective. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's a perspective you don't hear often. The male You're right. Perspective. No, I know. So yeah. It's, 
I'm sorry. I, I, I just want to give you the space to feel comfortable to tell your truth. Sure. You know? Sure. I mean, you just, you interrupted me a little bit, but that's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Um, are you done? Okay. Oh, please. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So now none of her friends remember having any desire to join up the police department. They all figured she was living that fashion slash model life. Well, sure. In the brewery slash department It was her stores. life's passion for a whole year in a strip mall. Exactly. But in 1980, that's just what she was aiming to do. Quote, when she decided to try it for the police department, Babetic pursued her goal with intensity. She started running four miles a day, which props. That's four miles more than <coughs> either yeah. of us could run together. And working at a Vic Tanny health club to build herself up for the physical. Okay. In March of 1980, Babetic joined the police force as a trainee. There, she met fellow trainee Judy Zess. Zess, like to get down okay quote she was a party animal a friend who ran in the same crowd in those days said she liked to party anybody who hung around with judy's s had to party <laughs> like a like a weird yeah it does sound like me after three beers and friendship sure. cheersing yeah so uh it also sounds like a bud light commercial from the late 80s yes that yeah. is ex- this whole thing is okay. a bud light commercial from the late 80s <laughs> So the two of them were at a rock concert together, and Miss Zess was caught smoking a marijuana cigarette. <gasps> the Jazz Cabbage. It was probably a Bon, jo- a John bon Jovi concert. I, that's all sure. I can imagine. Yeah. In an attempt to cover for a friend, Benick filed a false report on Zess, and both of them were subsequently found out and let go. Oh, that's... That well, ended fast. It was after she was bounced from the force that Benick became involved with a 33-year-old divorced officer named Alfred Schultz. Okay. These two lovebirds let the passion take them all the way down to Waukegan, Illinois, where they got married. That is the Paris of northeastern Illinois. It's nice, right? Sure. Wrong! It was not yet six months after his divorce, uh, so it was actually illegal to get married for some reason. Because for some reason, Colin, the government gets to tell you what to do with your love life and time out your breakups. I don't understand why that would be a thing. Doesn't matter. It's a thing. Don't ask questions. Move on. Okay. I so ruin some future plans of mine, but that's fine. Anyway, they redid it back up here when they were legit, and they okay. mo- moved in with Judy and her boyfriend. So she's double married now? Double married to one okay. guy. That's okay. passion. Two marriages, one man. That's a lot of love. So, during this time, quote, during this time, Schultz and Benbenek were sharing an apartment with Zess and her boyfriend, okay. a champion bodybuilder and convicted drug dealer. Oh, weird. Named Tom Gardner. Okay. Can I ask you a quick question? Just yeah. a side note, because I've been playing it out in my head. How many S's and Z's are together in Zess's name? Because in my mind, it's like C. S Z S E S S Z S. It's Z E S S. Okay. It's very simple. Gosh, okay. I'm very okay. happy with it. I'm really happy because that felt like you could get in a real quagmire, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So she's living with some party with some partiers, and she occasionally dabbles in drugs from time to time. But it only sounds like she's doing that socially. Okay. Um. So you would say that she really wants to party with her with her party roommate, right? Okay. Yeah. Good. So, it's around this time that someone reportedly heard her complain about her husband's ex-wife. Wow. Christine Schultz. Okay. They didn't go on record, but here's what they said. Quote, 
She was already complaining about Fred's wife. Okay. I remember where she said something was going to happen. That's ominous. And here, Colin, is where things start to unravel. Judy and her boyfriend get evicted from their apartment. Life hasn't unraveled yet? No. Okay. Judy and her boyfriend get evicted from her apartment in Bayview. Bummer. Because of their loud-ass parties. Sure. And Colin Gartner has a falling out with Schultz because he learned that he was involved in a shooting incident. That Schultz was involved in a shooting incident where he killed one of Gartner's best friends. As a... Officer. Okay. As a policeman. I don't know if this is the same shooting incident where Shell shot and killed an off-duty Glendale officer who had called for backup in 1975. Okay. Because there was that incident that happened in 1975, and then right. the paper said this sh- other shooting, or could it be the same shooting, happened in 1974. So it could just be a typo, but all we know is that Shell's definitely okay. killed at least one person. Yeah, and I would not believe for a second that the Milwaukee Police Department would just shrug their shoulders at and an officer with multiple homicides under questions. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, anyway, Gardner, the bodybuilding drug dealer, had less than great things to say about Bembenek as well. Quote, she was a class A lunatic. She was crazier than hell. She used to sit in front of the TV, sit and pretend to shoot people. She'd do anything and it takes a lot to impress me. <laughs> so the last part is the throwaway. I yeah like, yeah yeah listen, I know. I'm a real fucking monster. Yeah, drug dealer. So you know I'm telling the truth. I know. So despite that, their other friends saw Schulz as the definite aggressor in their relationship. Uh, quote: When you say aggressor, do you mean there was like a physical like? You will see. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Jackie uh, is a person who is now being introduced. By just gotcha. his last name. Okay. Uh, remembers going on a couple's camping trip with Fred and Lori. At one point, Lori and uh, Jockey's, I don't know, wife. Yankee? Maybe Yankee. Okay. Yeah. Uh, spilled some sauce on the carpet in Schultz's van and started giggling about it. Schultz then hit Yankee's wife. Holy shit. So. Insofar as you should never hit anybody's yeah. wife, including your own. Right. The stones to hit another man. I, I know. Wow. So, sorry, Colin. I forgot to say this before, but between the Waukegan marriage and the redo in Wisconsin, Fred Schultz's ex-wife, Christine Schultz, was murdered in her apartment with a .38 caliber pistol. That's... Feels she, like something you should have brought up right away. <laughs> she was found around two in the morning, gagged, blindfolded, with her hands tied in front of her by her, and she was found by her two sons, who were at the time seven and eleven. Oh, those kids don't stand up. Oh boy. One of the boys were able to was able to describe as the attacker to the police as a masked man wearing an army jacket with a reddish hair and a ponytail. So they saw the like. They didn't see the murder happen, but they saw him leave. Oh, God. Those poor fucking kids. I know. So, quote from Wikipedia. Fred Schultz initially stated he was on duty investigating a burglary with his partner. Okay. Michael Dufresne. That's easy to check. At the time of the murder. But years later, he admitted they were actually drinking at a local bar. When ballistics testing allegedly revealed it was his off-duty revolver that had been the murder weapon, suspicion shifted to Lori Bembenek, as she had been alone in the apartment she shared with Schultz and had access to both the gun and a key to Christine's house that Fred Schultz had secretly copied from his oldest son's house key. 
and Bennick was arrested for Christine Schultz's murder on June 24th, 1981. Do you have questions? I do. Okay. Because it seems to me that there should have been a reasonable amount of suspicion placed do you think, on the gentleman. Do you think? Who's gone it and was. had all the same access and means. He's the one who made the key. And motive and yeah. opportunity. Yeah. And also has a history of violence towards women. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, and killed a person. Yeah. Anyway. Right. But remember, again... She worked at the Playboy Club. Yeah. So she had, like, sex girl brain and mm-hmm. not, like, a real person brain anymore. Oh, I know about it. And yeah. you know who else knows about it? The media. Okay. So here we go, Colin. We have a beautiful woman arrested for the murder of her husband's ex-wife. It's what the people love to know about. Let's not get ourselves. Right. And because for because people love to know about it, the news went fucking nuts. Sure. And I'm calling case closed. She yeah. did it. They started calling her Bambi for some reason, although no one had <laughs> called her this it before. Sounds like someone in a bunny suit. Yes. Yes. Um, they focused on her looks, her modeling past, her Playboy bunny gig, her fashion. They painted her as a materialistic woman who would do anything for a couple extra hundred bucks, which is what they she say. Is a Leo. The motive behind the murder. Yep. The alimony payments. Oh. Oh, as in she didn't want her husband to have to pay for alimony. Exactly. So she killed... You got it. So then she would only have to take care of two children. Yeah. Which don't cost any money. No. It makes all the sense. So, the prosecution claimed that Benbenek was the only person with motive, means, and opportunity to carry out the crime. The strongest evidence... Just cut that in two moves! Strongest evidence was two human hairs found at the crime scene, which matched ones taken from the hairbrush of the defendant. However, remember, this was before DNA. They were not matching. They were basically saying that these human hairs looked alike. And it's basically bullshit science. It is absolutely. It is today. It is never used. Yeah. It's it's and people get out on this all the time. And hair fiber science is not holding up. Also, he could use the hairbrush. Yeah, that's a. So, but they have more. They have more. Witnesses testified that Bimbedek had spoken often of killing Christine Schultz. The prosecution prosecution produced a witness who said Bimbedek offered to pay him to carry out the murder. According to witnesses for the prosecution, Bimbedek owned a green jogging suit similar to the one described by Schultz's son. It was pointed out that Bimbedek owned a clothesline and a blue bandana similar to what was used to bind and gag the victim. A wig found in the plumbing system of Benick's apartment matched fibers found at the murder scene. A boutique employee testified that Benick purchased such a wig shortly before the murder. So, Colin, with that, on March 9th, 1982, Benick was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to spend the rest of her life in Techita Correctional Institute in Fond du Lac. Okay. But wait. That's a good correctional institute. It's fine. Yeah. It's mine's one. It's up there. Yeah. Top five. For sure. But wait, so after her conviction, guess who says he testified under duress? Brendan Dassey. <laughs> uh, Judy Zess. <laughs> okay. Okay. And now things get really interesting. After yeah. her conviction, her husband, super nice guy, Fred Schultz, informs her that he's leaving her for a 19-year-old. Where? From where? From where? Sh- Mammoth Walk? Florida. Oh, Florida! God That's right. <laughs> While we initially publicly stood... Summer loving. I know. Oh. 
He initially publicly stood by her. He changed his tune after the divorce and was quoted as saying she was guilty of sin. Bimbenik was not totally convinced, was now totally convinced that her husband did it and started getting to work to clear her name. I would have been totally convinced from Jump Street, but... Love. Yeah. Uh, quote. Again, playboy. Yeah. Yep. Bennick and her supporters also alleged that Milwaukee police may have singled her out for the prosecution because of her role as a key witness in a federal investigation to police corruption. Oh my god, how does she not get making a murderer? Bennick supporters suggested that Fred Schultz may have arranged to have someone else murder his ex-wife. One possible candidate was Frederick, Frederick Horberger. Oh. <laughs> Hornberger. <laughs> okay. A career criminal who briefly worked with Schultz on a remodeling project and was a former boyfriend of Judy Zest. She wow. can pick him. Yeah. A disguised Hornberger had robbed and beaten Judy Zest several weeks prior to Christine Schultz's murder and would later serve a 10-year sentence for that crime. Oh, my goodness. According to a number of affidavits which emerged following Bambenek's conviction, Hornberger boasted of killing Schultz to other inmates while he was in jail. Yet, Jesus Christ. publicly, Horenberger vehemently denied any involvement in the Schultz murder up until his suicide in November of 1991. Okay. Following a robbery and hostage-taking standoff in which he had been involved. There were questions raised as to the accuracy of the information and the evidence used in trial. Dr. Elaine Samuels, the medical examiner who conducted the autopsy, had originally concluded that hairs recovered from the body were consistent with that of the victim. Okay. Uh, after Dr. Samuels had come to that conclusion, the hair evidence was examined by Diane Hansen, a hair analyst from a crime lab in Madison. Hansen stated that two of the hairs were consistent with samples taken from Lori Bimbenek's hairbrush. Dr. Samuels refuted that claim, stating in, 1983, in a 1983 letter quoted in the Toronto Star in 1991 that I recovered no blonde or red hairs of any length or texture. All of the hairs I recovered from the body were brown and were grossly identical to the hair of the, of the victim. I do not like to suggest that evidence was altered in any way, but I can find no logical explanation for what amounted to the appearance of blonde hair in an envelope that contained no such hair at the time it was sealed by me. This plot is just thick as a bowl of Southside frozen custard. You, Let oh, me tell you. The apartment where Benick and Fred Schultz lived Shared drainage with another apartment. In the shared drain pipe was found a brownish red wig, which matched some of the hairs found on the victim's body. The woman okay. who co- occupied the other apartment testified that Judy Zess had knocked on the door and asked to use her bathroom. After Zess used the woman's bathroom, the plumbing was clogged. Whoa. Which rude, either way. Yeah, like either you were hiding evidence or you took a big old poop. Yep. Yeah. And Zess had also admitted to owning a brownish red wig. But did she admit to the poop? So... Colin, remember earlier when I yes. said that Bimbenek was good at completing goals? I do remember that. I remember how she super doesn't want to be in prison. Uh, yeah. Well, good on her. She got out. Okay. That's right, Colin. She escaped from prison by squeezing through a laundry room window. She did not. She busted out of And then jail? she was picked up by her boyfriend. You can always find love. Remember that. Uh, was he from Florida? Obviously. Yeah. They were spotted once in Tosa before their truck was found and abandoned in the Target parking lot. Why do criminals always want to go to Tosa? <coughs> I don't know. They ran up to Canada, where she briefly worked as a waitress before they were caught and extradited back to the United States. Okay. The Canadian government came close to not handing her over, 
and only did so when the promise was made by the Milwaukee officials that they would conduct an internal review of the case. Okay. Man, you know, Canada is just so goddamn reasonable. Quote, the review did not find evidence of crimes by police or prosecutors by police or prosecutors, but detailed seven major police blunders which could had occurred during Christine Schultz's murder investigation, and she won the right to a new trial. Oh, nice. Good for her. But, instead of running the risk of another conviction, Bimbenek pleaded no contest and was sentenced to time served. Following her release, there were books, made-for-TV movies, a guest spot on Dr. Phil. Sure. Where, Colin, she jumped out of a second-story window trying to escape a camera crew. Oh, uh, my God. Why did she agree to that? <laughs> she took care of her parents and uh, dealt with, suffered from alcoholism off and on. I, that's you know. understandable. Yeah, uh, I'll give her a pass on that. And then she died from liver failure in uh, 2010. Oof. A few boy. months prior to her death, she sat down with Milwaukee anchor Mike Jacobs and the interview turned once again to her face. Oh my God. I Quote from NYT. Last month, Mike Jacobs, the news anchor at WTMJ TV in Milwaukee, interviewed Miss Van Benick. Interviewed Miss Van Benick at her home in Vancouver, Washington. In a telephone interview, Miss uh, Mr. Jacobs said, "I asked if you are innocent. Why did you plead no contest to second degree murder in 1992?" And her response was that her parents were in failing health, and the only way that she could be guaranteed that she'd be able to spend time with them was to plead no contest. Her father's dying wish was that she could get the family name cleared. In the television interview, Mr. Jacobs asked Miss Bembedek whether her attractiveness had hurt her credibility during her murder trial. Yeah, All they did was talk well. <laughs> All they did was talk about what kind of blouse I wore, she said, referring to the news media. I would do it a lot differently now. Well what kind of what kind of blouse did she wear though? She wasn't wearing one. Just Playboy Bunny. Oh yep, that's right. Oh. And that is the story of Bambi Bambenic. Jeez, it. Okay, I, I don't, like, part of me wants to be like, let's go just serial on this. Mm-hmm. Then let's just start, like, a multi-part, super dramatic, we'll get the tense music bed the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and we'll make no money on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have the time for that kind of production value. Uh, but, holy buckets, that is a story. Really... I mean, forgive me for thinking of making a murderer the entire time. But, like, you talk about a story that actually has some... I know. Real-world social impact instead of talking about a a legitimately family of sewer monsters. Yep. uh, Who definitely killed or knew who killed that girl. Yep. Ooh. I (laughs) I get so hot about that one. But this one is so goddamn interesting. And she is... Yeah, she's she's an interesting lady. Yeah. The whole thing is, like... I mean, I, I tend to, you know, when, when you get through an entire court case and stuff, I more often than not, I tend to agree with how the trials shake out. Um, because the, the whole, the, you know, the jury of your peers and all of that. It's just the, it's basically the foundation of how we exist as right, human beings. Right, but even crimes of, like, where it's a person of color. Um, it depends on how much I know of the case, I'll put it that way, because yeah. people of color very infrequently get a jury of their peers. Well, it's not only that, but it's, like, how they end up there. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, so um, it's, like, the system that put them there. 
you know. Yeah, no, so, I understand where yeah. you're, yeah, and I have a lot of issues with the criminal justice system sure, in, sure, sure. in general, um, but the way that, the way that cases generally shake out, um, and I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't cases where these things don't, you know, right. where people aren't wrongly convicted. Obviously that happens. It happens very frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and forensic science is science mm-hmm. for the most part with heavy, heavy air quotes. Um, but I think a lot of the forensic systems are getting better and the ability to cross examine people sure. that yeah. test these forensic situations. A lot of states require them to face cross-examination now which is awesome those are all good things um but yeah basically being tried by a jury of your peers is just the foundation of how we have to exist as a society um so more often than not i think that the way cases come together are at at worst in good faith of trying to figure out trying to actually ascertain the truth with as much evidence and as much ability as they have um and at best actually get people who commit crimes more often than not. Sure. Um, I, I just, I'm not a conspiracy theory kind of person. I don't buy into, like, cops fixing trials that often. I'm not, you know, I don't think yeah. evidence planting and DNA fabrication know. and that kind of shit happens that often. I don't think that happens that often, but I don't think it's hard once you get a... Once you think you have a guy, you go after that. Well, right, which is... Not exactly the way you want to go for it. No. You write a story and then you make the the evidence fit the narrative where you should be doing it the other way. Well, right. And I just think that, and obviously we can talk about this more at a different time. Sure. Um, because I think everyone is hungry. But Yeah. Um, if we have a lot of people just kind of staring at us yeah, from another room right, now. Yeah. Um, but basically, this is one of those cases where I'm like, oh, I think maybe I should be more upset at more things that I see. Um, sure. so it was a real eye opener, but, uh, hopefully for you guys, it was a fun one as well. And if you want to hear more about it and you want us to do like a fun NPR style multi-part series on it, pay uh, us money. let us know and then pay us money, yeah. pay us money first yeah. and then let us know why you're paying us the money. Yeah. And then we won't listen to you and we'll shut the whole thing down and we'll move to another state. Done. So yeah, tune in next week and let's get weird. <laughs>